We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Bill 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Tasker. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After dark. Welcome to the Field of 68 After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot happening in college basketball tonight. We are here to break it all down for you. I got Jeff Goodman with me. We got Randolph Childress with me. I am Greg Waddell. Gentlemen, let's jump right in. We're going to start in the Big East. Seton Hall on the road takes down Providence. The story of this one, though, Bryce Hopkins carried off the court. Uh, That injury did not look good. Jeff, I'm going to throw it straight to you. What's the latest that you're hearing on Bryce Hopkins? Well, obviously he'll have tests tomorrow. Uh, I haven't heard back, and they don't know yet uh, 100%, but it did not look good, obviously. Uh, That looked like one that uh, could be season-ending. And, you know, as bad as the loss was tonight at home to Seton Hall for Providence, losing Bryce Hopkins hurts far more because you can bounce back from, from, you know, even a home loss like this to Seton Hall. They did it last year. Um, But – what you can't do is bounce back from not having your, your probably your second best player. Uh, Devin Carter has been their best player this year. Uh, Aduro has been fantastic. All three of them really together uh, are what makes Providence such a scary team going into the big East. And now, you know, your margin for error is a lot smaller. You have to change what you do on the fly. If you're Kim English. Um, so I, I think that would be brutal for a, a really good kid in Bryce Hopkins and a really good player. RC, how much yeah. does this change the outlook for Providence? Yeah. Like if he if he's out yeah. long term, is this a totally different team? Yeah, I'd equate it to the Terrence Shannon situation where um, it, you can't replace those guys. Uh, these team these are good teams, and these teams will be competitive. They just won't finish as high as we thought they would. So I, I thought you know, I know we'll talk about Illinois later and. I don't think they'll win a Big Ten title or finish as high as second as I thought they could uh, with him. And then it's the same with Bryce Hopkins because I thought he was their matchup nightmare. I thought he was a guy, whoever you put on him, if he could take him outside, drive him a little bit, he can post him up, overpower guys that were smaller than them. 
um, he was just a matchup problem and and a guy that they would go to when they needed it. And and I think losing that is you just can't replace it. I mean, that type of production you just can't you just can't replace. It's it's tough and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves until we hear exactly what it is and it's final, but uh it, it was scary when it happened. It didn't look good at all. Yeah, yeah sometimes one, you one can tell. Are- Sometimes you can you you can just tell when those injuries yeah. happen. And, and did I they say like, what, what was it? Jeff? Did you hear what, what you thought it was? I, I mean, I, was I don't know if it's torn like, or. It, I think it was his knee. I think it was his yeah. knee. Um, again, it's just you know, Fana was there. You you heard other people. Just the reaction. Um, you know, it's funny. I was at a game tonight uh, where Winston Hill, uh, kid for Citadel, went down and and. It looked like, again, something similar to that. And you, sometimes you can just tell. And, and, you know, kids get scared, and then they get back up, and it's not that big a deal. But but the way Bryce Hopkins left the court, um, you could just tell that this is not going to be one where he's going to be back anytime soon. Yeah, one of those ones you felt like you could feel it through your television. At least that's how I felt watching it. And um, obviously our thoughts are with Bryce Hopkins and with Providence in general. But uh, let's not lose sight of how important this win was for Seton Hall, who now finds themselves near the top of the Big East standings here. They're 9-5 and five on the season. Uh, gentlemen, they have two of the best wins that this conference has to offer right now after what they did to UConn and then tonight on the road. I mean, not a lot of teams are going to win in that building this season with or without Bryce Hopkins. Uh, RC, can Seton Hall be a long-term contender in the Big East this season? I I would never count them out because they're tough as hell. They take on Shaheen's personality. This is That team is tough as hell. We watched them. I thought punk a UConn team that I didn't think that was even possible, and they did, and, they, and, and today – they put, they did the same to Providence. They just were a more physical team. They just go after you. You know what you heard? Kim English telling these guys, get back, stay in front of the ball, keep them out of the paint, and you just can't. And then Dawes just knocking down threes, you know, at timely threes for these guys. They they just a gamers, man. I mean, I I would never count them out. They play too hard, they're too physical, and they just don't stop. They just they you just like I remember when he had when he coached St. Peter's and he kept telling people when they were making their run, he's like, You can't out tough us. That's what we do. That's who we are. And he's taken that to Seton Hall. He's got a bunch of Jersey guys and he's got, they taken on his personality and it's like, yo, you pride yourself on toughness. You're not beating us because you can't out tough us. And they're going to be right there. I mean, I don't, I don't have them winning it at all, but they got enough. They got some resume wins that you can look up. And when it all said and done, they're going to be in a lot of games. And if they can get enough consistent offense, I think they can be right there in this conference. I think as good as any, uh, you got four or five teams that are really, really good, and, and, and they, they're right in the middle of this pack with that group. Is it too early to call them an NCAA tournament lock, Jeff? Uh, maybe an NIT tournament lock, Greg. I, I think that's where okay. you start right now with, with Seton Hall. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I think that's what they did tonight. They, they put themselves in the equation that if the season ended today with, with UConn and, and this win, you're, you're an NIT team where you weren't before those two games. I mean, think about it. They went in to a place where Providence is 46 and four in their last 50 games in that building. And they've beaten them two out of those. They won two of them. And again, it does come, come down a lot to, to Shah's toughness, the, the way he preaches. But, you know, in order to get Seton Hall to where they need to be, 
and we talked about it with Shaheen and, and Big East Media Day a little bit. I don't know if he loved me saying it on camera, but they got to get their NIL package in order. You know, they don't have it. They're not competitive with most of these teams in the Big East. And until they are, you're going to have some of these wins because of, of the way he can coach, but you're not going to be able to sustain it. You're not going to be consistent enough uh, without it. I thought I could I think without the trap. Good yeah, with, without UConn, though, and Marquette, I think outside of UConn and Marquette, I like their matchups with anybody else in that league, though. Mm-hmm. Outside yeah. of those when, two when teams, think- I think they, they're right there. They could beat anybody else in that league, I think. I, I, I well, they got a dude, right? Like, Kadari Richmond right. has become, right. like, a guy now that right. you can rely on, a- where, where he was kind of up and down for most of his career. He played through an eye injury tonight. Like, they weren't sure he was going to play. And he was terrific. Dre Davis was really good, you know. And and again, they got some junkyard dogs on that team that that fit Shaw. They just need probably another uh, high high level player. And in order to do that, you better you better raise some money for that. Sixteen points, eight rebounds, six assists tonight from Kadari Richmond playing through the eye trouble. Uh, incredible night for him. And speaking of Shaw, our very own John Fanta was able to grab Shaheen Holloway at the end of this game for a quick interview. Shaheen Holloway, after Seton Hall takes down Providence on the road. Coach, what did your team show you down the stretch to pull out this win? You showed toughness. You know, I, I was, I'm, 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 I'm excited, right? Um, big win, especially in the hostile environment. I mean, they do a great job up here. The fans come out. Um, extremely, extremely proud of Dylan. You know, he's starting to play the way I want to play. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Kadari. You know, he didn't, you know, he, he was out ever since the Xavier game with an eye injury. He only practiced two days. So to come in and play the way he played and plug it out, it was, it was a great team win. Down the stretch, this game's tied at 51 with about 4.40 on the clock. Yeah. Alamir Dawes scored seven of his 12 points in those last four minutes, including a huge three. How big is that for you to see from him? No, it's big, especially for him. I mean, but that's that's what we used to him doing. Like, he got to get back to just playing basketball and start worrying about what everybody's saying. Don't worry about what people are saying or being clipped. Just play basketball. Um, I think he made some big plays down the stretch. and. Came away with a big win. To hold this Providence team to 57 points, mm-hmm. defensively, you came with some three-quarter court pressure. You came with some zone as well. What did you think of the intensity on that end of the floor? And what was the key to limit their offense? Well, we had, we had to slow them down, right, because they are tremendous in transition. I mean, tremendous. So, you know, we had to slow them down. Plus, I wanted to mix it up. We got – our big guys got two fouls apiece. So I went to the zone a little earlier than I wanted to. But I thought they had them standing around. It kind of helped us. Um, it slowed the game down, and it was to our favor. Dre Davis leads the team with 17 points. When you get that from Dre, what's it mean to Seton Hall? I mean, that's what he's been doing for us all year. You know, he's been doing that for us all year. He's a heart and soul of our team. Um, he's our emotional leader. Um, you know, he's playing. He's playing bigger guys. Um, extremely proud of him. Like I said, in this league, there's, there's no celebrations, right? You know, we got. A long bus ride and got a quick turnaround with a great Mar- Marquette team on, on Saturday. Yeah, nothing easy in this league. You go from UConn to Xavier to at Providence to, like you just said, Marquette. But to be 2 in one shot, how much is that a testament to the team's growth and what this group can be? Well, to be honest with you, I'm a little disappointed in the way we played at Xavier, right? Um, and I want to give those guys credit. They came out and they, just, they jumped on us. But we had, you know, that, that was our third game in, in, in a week, right? Um, so, you know, we were just taking step by step. Man. Like, like I said before, I'm proud of this team, but I still think our best basketball is ahead of us. 
I can listen to Shaheen Holloway talk like all day, like just in my car. I need that on loop. Uh, credit to him. Incredible win for Seton Hall tonight. It will be fun to watch that team the rest of the season. There was another big, exciting finish in the Big East tonight. Villanova against Xavier. Villanova ultimately outlasts the Musketeers. They led almost this entire game, had an eight-point lead with about five minutes left. All of a sudden, there's four seconds left on the clock. Des Claude has the ball in his hands, and he had a shot to win this game. Ultimately, he missed the shot. Villanova survives. Uh, Jeff, I don't think this result surprises anybody. Villanova still holds the top spot in the Big East, but does it scare you at all that they almost let this one slip? Yeah, I think that's my biggest problem with Villanova is you don't know what to expect with this team, right? I mean, you know, Justin Moore uh, not being healthy. Dixon wasn't great tonight, and he needs to be great because those other guys have just been okay, right? Like all that money you spent on NIL with Tyler Burton and Hakeem Hart and uh, TJ Bamba, like it really hasn't paid off yet really hasn't. I mean, again, they, they got smoked by the big five games, but then they've won some big games in the Bahamas. They were terrific. So it's like, can you get some consistency? And I say it's very hard to get that consistency without point guard play, without consistent, really. And, and I hope we talk about a guy later that like, if you ever put, here's the guy that Villanova needs, is what Chris Holtman has this year. Bruce Thornton is like the perfect point guard that Villanova needs. And everybody needs, really, because you know exactly what you're going to get from Bruce Thornton every single night. Stability, leadership, that's what Villanova needs with that position right now. They just don't get it. So I think that's why you're seeing the up and ups and downs and these huge highs and these huge lows with Villanova so far this year. RC, what would you see tonight? I. I, I thought it was a rock fight. Neither team played well offensively. I was impressed with Villanova uh, continue to get better. I think they're getting better defensively. Uh, they don't have Justin Moore, and they're figuring out to win games. I mean, I, I wonder how was he nag was his knee bothering him during that stretch where they've lost some games. And though they lost some games around Philly, and, and people have been giving a crap about that, they got a pretty good damn resume outside of that. Beating Carolina, Creighton, Memphis, they beat some damn good teams. So I, I said this early in the year, and I'm not faltering off that. It wouldn't have surprised me if they had, if they win the Big East. Like, it wouldn't. And I and point guard play is, is an issue, but I, it's not as much of an issue with them because of the way that they play. They just go and attack you with a pro-style offense in a sense. They're going to identify a matchup, and then they're going to post you up and play and kick out, shoot their threes. Uh, Dixon's a matchup nightmare. When Justin Moore gets back, he's going to bully your guards and play. So their style of play – if they had one, then we're talking a whole different conversation with this group. They get point guard play is different, but I I like this team and I've always have, and I'm I'm staying by that. Yeah, you got to feel good as Villanova three and zero in Big East play right now. Their next two games back at home, St. John's and DePaul before the big one. They go on the road to Marquette quickly from a Xavier perspective. Jeff seven and seven on the season at this point. It's certainly crunch time if they're going to turn this season around. Is there any way in your mind that you could see? Sean Miller getting this team back to a uh, really big East competitive level night in and night out. I don't think so this year. I think you're going to, again, you're talking about an NIT team this year, uh, you know, losing two starters in Fremantle and Hunter before the season. Uh, that's a, that's a tough blow to try to deal with. 
when you're rebuilding to begin with after what you lost last year. So, yeah, I, I think, again, they're so dependent on Quincy Oliveri right now, and he didn't have a typical Quincy shooting night tonight. Yeah, tough to work with that. All right, coming up on After Dark, we are going to talk about the ACC Miami with a huge home win against Clemson. That's next. What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched the daily is edited and produced by mike miller who spent more than two decades running nbc's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half of the division one coaching staffs the biggest names in college basketball media and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport for just 50 dollars for the year you get access to the same information that the insiders get and before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up than the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the Field of 68.shop. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. I got Jeff Goodman with me. I got Randolph Childress, RC himself with me. My name is Greg Waddell, and we're moving to RC's conference, the ACC, where tonight Miami got a huge win 
at home. This was a game that I, a lot of people liked Clemson. And, RC, I have a very vivid memory of you and I at a casino years ago where you kept telling me Miami is a team you're going to want to bet on. My friend, I kept hearing that play in my head as I was on the BetMGM app all day today looking at this as a pick em. Miami wins 95-82. Uh, how about these Hurricanes, man? No Wooga Poplar, and they just get it done. They poured it on tonight. They did. They was an offensive juggernaut tonight without Wooga Poplar. I, I was shocked that they it was going to be that easy uh, with Clemson. Uh, Clemson usually plays better defense than they did tonight, and credit to Nigel Pack. He got it going. He punished that drop coverage. He shot mid-range. He shot his threes. He got off tonight, got him going. Um uh, Roll games are hard to win. I'm not. I'm still high on Clemson, but there's some things I think they got to sure up and get healthy. And I, I was just really more impressed with Miami on the offensive end of the floor uh, than I was Clemson's effort on the defensive end of the floor. Jeff, what'd you see? So I, I like this Miami team, and I was shocked. You know, when they were blown out by Kentucky and Colorado, I was shocked because I was like, all right, they got five dudes here who have kind of been through it. I love the addition of Matthew Cleveland and you know, their bench is their bench. It hadn't been a whole lot, but uh, when you bring in George now uh, and he seems to now, and I think he always had the confidence that wasn't lacking. I just didn't think he had great feel for time and score earlier in the year. And I think now he's starting to get that a little bit. Uh, and he was able to get in there and, and give them uh, a threat, a scoring threat that, you know, Poplar is probably their most talented overall player. Uh, but I, I think he was able to help. Matthew Cleveland's been great. Bensley Joseph was terrific on both ends of the court tonight. And as RC said, like Nigel Pack was awesome in the second half when they pulled away. This is a huge win for Miami because if you lose this one, you know, obviously there's more opportunities. We know that, you know, you still have Duke and Carolina in the league. But it just shrinks down those opportunities because the ACC, contrary to what uh, RC thinks, is is kind of a mid major league again, right? Now. <laughs> well, I'm not, 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 we not. I'm not going with that mid major stuff. I'm not going with it. But I, but I will. I will. I will agree with you on this. It's it's just going off the rankings and the net rankings, right, wrong, or however you feel about them. That's the reality of what the league is dealing with. Like when you see Clemson on your schedule and Duke and Carolina. You know, you got to go at it like like this is your season because the rest of the league, you're just beating up on each other. At the end of the year, you're going to fall into the same problems you had year before of just it just quad one wins what they say they're not going to be. And then you're going to look up and be like, oh, it's going to be mid-February and you're going to be like, oh, we got one quad one win or no quad one wins. And some of the teams just had. And if you if you're one of these teams that didn't play a strong non-conference schedule, you're in trouble. Well, Miami, look, look at it. Miami's net was 53. Ken Palm, they were 55. Not one team, other than Clemson, North Carolina, and Duke, there's not one team in the league that was really uh, in the top 50, like clearly in the top 50 in the net or the or Ken Palm going into tonight. So like you said, our, there's just there's not a lot there in terms of big resume wins unless you knock off one of these three teams. And I think Clemson will stay there. I don't, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because Clemson obviously fell off last year, right? We were talking about them last year at this time, like they were a lock-in tournament team, and, and then they ended up not making it. 
I think this team is different because I think they got more weapons. The concern I have with Miami is how do you play when you're not playing this well offensively, when your shots aren't falling as well? Because I don't think this team is as strong defensively as they've been. Now, if they can be this consistent offensively, then look out. Because they are they don't have a bench. They're going to go six deep. And we're just coming off Christmas break. You're feeling fresh. Let's see where Miami is in a month or so depth-wise. Will they develop? Because I think they're going to need to develop a bench. I think their five is as good as there is in the country. But when you start going six through ten, they hadn't played many guys from that bench, and that's something they're going to have to do. But their front five, can all those guys can, can torch you any night, um, and, and they did today. They, they torched Clemson tonight. I love your point about depth, RC. I think for Miami, they need to stay healthy, clearly. They need to get Wuga back. Uh, also, they have to stay out of foul trouble on an individual game-by-game basis when they've only got five, six guys. Uh, Norchad and their two losses, those are the two games he had foul trouble. I mean, he fouled out both uh, Colorado and Kentucky. So tonight, 31 minutes from him, I thought he was spectacular. He's so important to them. Um, so, yeah, I-, I love this Miami team, too. Just want to note, 25 of 26 home games now, Miami has won. Had this game not been at home, it might have been a different story. I don't really think we saw anything too negative from Clemson. I still buy them long-term in the ACC. Let's move to another result from this conference tonight. Virginia blows out Louisville. Um, I I think everybody expected this, especially in a bounce-back spot for Virginia. Uh, RC, do we trust this Virginia team at this point? I mean, Jeff was talking the metrics. Like uh, Everybody in this conference is kind of just meh other than the big three. Where do you put Virginia? I, I think if they're making shots, they're going to be Virginia. They're going to defend. This is a young team, and this team is really, really young. I, I think it's almost it's, it's unique in the sense of they're not a big NIL portal team, I'd say. I mean, Tony Bennett wants to develop his guys. I think he took a you know, fly saying, hey, we're going to get these young guys. We're going to play our young guys. We're going to build it. Uh, I, I don't think it's any secret. I don't think Tony Bennett is the biggest uh, a supporter of how things have gone. Uh, and so I think he's decided to, this is how I built the program. We're going to go back to developing guys and still sticking with that mantra. And and, and, I, and let's see if this team develops, continues to develop. I think it puts a lot of offensive responsibility, though, against the better teams. It puts a tremendous amount of offensive responsibility on Reese Beekman. And I think his superpower was on the defensive end. And when he has to carry an offensive load like he does, I think it, my concern for him would be, will he wear down as the year gets on? Jeff, do you buy Virginia or no? No, I don't really buy him. I mean, again, you can't completely discount a Tony Bennett coach team. So yeah. could could they finish fourth in the league at the end of the day? Sure. They could be the best of the rest. That wouldn't shock me at all. I, I think Miami has more high-end talent overall. But, again, Tony Bennett's Tony Bennett. You know, he's going to find a way, um, you know, Again, I just think the middle of this league right now is 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 it's mediocre. It's mediocre but, compared but wouldn't, to what Jeff, we, wouldn't, you say, wouldn't you say that about him though? Wouldn't you say if, if like if they finish fourth and make the tournament, like that's about where everybody thinks they're gonna finish anyway, right? That's where you you, you were picked in a league preseason. I, I don't think anybody yeah. would be surprised if you know, or or this wouldn't be a disappointing a, a drop down or a let off if Virginia finishes fourth and makes the tournament. So you know I, I the let off is you know what the let off is that they're in a spot right now that we're not 
we have no expectations of them having a chance to really win this league. Like we thought about it, you know, a few weeks ago, we're like, oh, maybe they could do it just because Carolina was struggling at that point. Duke was struggling at that point. We didn't believe in Clemson. But realistically, we're looking at this team that he's put together right now and saying like, you know what? A best case scenario probably for Virginia this year is is fourth in the league. And maybe they win a game. Maybe they go to the Sweet 16 if they get the right matchups. And that's just not what we're used to with a Virginia team. And that's sad to me. It's sad we're in this spot that the NIL has changed the game for one of the best coaches in America in Tony Bennett. Yeah, I look, he's one of the remnants, right? Not to make him out to be this old coach that can't win ever again. But like a, a lot of guys who wanted to do it the way Tony Bennett wants to do it are no longer coaching. Tony Bennett is still coaching. That makes for a very tough situation. Uh, Jeff, you keep poking at the the second tier of this conference, right? Um, the only pushback I would give you on this is I, I still think it's just the bottom half of this conference that it, it makes it so bad. Like, I, I think the lower depths are why we just can't trust the ACC as a whole. I actually think there's a couple teams in the second tier that surprised me in a positive way. I would just throw out, like, Wake Forest, 2-0 quietly in ACC play, 10-3 yeah. overall. NC State, 2-0 in ACC play, 10-3 overall. Do you think either one of those teams will be lasting contenders in this conference? Or maybe not contenders, but like NCAA tournament potential teams? I think this is the best that RC and Wake fans uh, should feel about Wake, honestly. E even when they had Jake LaRavia and Alondis Williams, um, they were good. But I think now you got three dudes, and they're different. Like, Boopy Miller is a uh, point guard who I don't think even Steve Forbes knew what he had when he got him, right? Mid-major point guard. He's quick. He can make shots, tough shots. Hunter Salas was buried in, in Spokane. Couldn't really get off the bench. And think about it. Like, you don't, you're telling me Mark Few would like to have him now? I mean, probably wouldn't because he never played him. But look at their, their backcourt right now. Look, I mean, you're telling me Hunter Salas couldn't help Gonzaga significantly right now and he's been awesome for Forbes but the the game changer is Efton Reed he's the game changer he's what they needed more than anything else uh and they've got good pieces around like Andrew Carr didn't make a shot last night until that three at the end of the game wide open by Big the shot. way nobody within 10 feet of him but he, he made it he hadn't made a shot before that I I like this team like yes I I think again I poke at RC about the mid-major league they're not a mid-major league here. We know that. Um, they're just down for what we always expected the ACC to be. And that's probably always, you know, it may never be the case again. Uh, I, I do think you're right, Greg. Like, Wake's dangerous. Miami's still dangerous. Uh, Virginia's still Virginia. You know, even like Boston College is decent. Like, some of Pittsburgh's decent. But Notre Dame and Louisville, they stink. They both stink. Wait. Wait, wait, are you are you keeping Miami in tier two then, though? Oh, I'm sorry, RC. We'll go to you next. But, like, there, there's a clear distinction. Duke and Carolina, tier one. Miami in a separate tier? Um, with Clemson. I mean, I think you put Miami and Clemson in a similar tier, and Wake might be a half step behind them at, at this point. I guess. I mean, that's probably what I would no, say at this no, point. No, no, I'm not letting Jeff get away with that one. That's not, no, we're not doing that. Clemson's in that tier. 
Clemson, Duke, and and in Carolina are probably in their own tier. I'll give you that. Uh, I think Miami and Virginia is probably next. And Wake, we'll see. And and as much as I want to jump on the bandwagon, and and obviously I'm pulling for them. And let's make no mistake about it. Uh, we got We got They got to get some some battle tests. We got to get them against some. You know, see how they look against some of the better teams in this league. I will say this: is Notre Dame may be the least talented team. But man, Michael Shrewsbury can coach his ass off. Physical than people give him credit for. They defend better than people give him credit for. I, I, they they almost stuck one out tonight. But when I watch them on film, as I have them on Saturday, they, they're impressive, and they're gonna they're gonna win some games. They're gonna they're gonna beat some teams in this league. Yeah, and Georgia Tech, gonna surprise teams you're just not expecting them to beat. I think they're gonna win some games yeah. and create problems. Shrews is a problem for everybody. All right, coming up after the break, I got a challenge for these two guys with an ACC champion pick. That's next. I feel the 68 after dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you the listeners, and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game you will receive up to fifteen hundred dollars in bonus bets if that bet loses just make sure you use the bonus code field 1500 when you sign up and remember bet mgm is now available under one wallet in select states as a new jersey resident this is super convenient for me when i have to go cover games in new york or philly when crossing state borders just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to and most importantly I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Welcome back. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live. It's Randolph Childress. It's Jeff Goodman. My name is Greg Waddell. And I have a challenge for these two that I alluded to before the break. We were just talking ACC. We were talking tiers, and uh, I think there's a particular team that these two fine gentlemen may have left out of the top tier that deserves to be in the top tier. In fact, I think they're the team that's going to win this conference, and I have just the place to make such a bold prediction. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It is the place for you to store your own predictions forever, and by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. Go download the Vaulted app. It's spelled V-L-T-E-D to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. My vaulted challenge for RC and for Jeff, I think Miami is going to win the ACC. That's my prediction. And these two who are trying to tell me they're in tier two, sitting here at 2-0 and in conference play, 11-2 and overall, don't belong in the conversation. Gentlemen, mind you, the team that was in the Final Four last season doesn't belong in the conversation with Duke and with North Carolina. Fellas, fellas, I heard a Clemson in tier one and not a Miami, the team they beat tonight. We're going to have to talk about this one. Just rapid fire for me, RC. 
Uh, are you fading or are you buying what I'm selling you with the vaulted app here? Miami can win the ACC. I, my my only my biggest concern it isn't their starting five it's just depth and they're a perimeter oriented team uh they're not as good defensively like listen when they're making shots they can beat anybody like this is the type of team that can get in a march and the way they're good enough offensively to make another run to the elite eight they're that skilled offensively the problem is defensively they still hadn't figured it out yet so if they you know they, they've lost a lot from a year ago i think people talk about isaiah wong I actually was had my vote was going to vote for Jordan Miller as player of the year. They're missing two player of the year caliber guys. This team is loaded with talent offensively, but still, there's not much rim protection, uh, you know. So, and they're not quite as what they, what they were a year ago on the defensive end of the floor. If they can develop a bench and just get a couple of more guys, get eight to nine deep, then I'm all for it. I won't. I think they're talented enough that they can win the league. But right now, foul troubles of depth, foul trouble in depth. Uh, of their bench just concerns me a little bit long term I, I think they're fine for right now but let's talk about it when we get deep in the in the February and see where they are then Jeff just make me make me a deal on this if they go on the road to Wake Forest and win that game this Saturday they get to be in your tier one hell no that doesn't do it for me uh, you got to be Duke Duke and Carolina are, are in that upper tier to me Clemson is is right behind uh, with Miami, and then to me, Wake is a, a half step behind those that tier. Uh, Virginia is somewhere in the middle there of, of tier two and three. I don't know where to put them yet, uh, but they're somewhere in that mix as well. I don't know if I put them in Miami Clemson or I put them closer to Wake, but Carolina and Duke are in their uh, own tier right now, or tire, okay. as T.O. would call it. Well, that's why we love the Vaulted app, ladies and gentlemen, because I get to hang my winning predictions over these two's heads for the next six months. Uh, let's move to my conference, my beautiful, miserable conference, the Big Ten, uh, where tonight we had some beautiful, miserable basketball. Ohio State survives Rutgers. Uh, the Buckeyes, 12-2, and kind of quietly a really nice bounce back for Chris Holtman after uh, you know, we, we all saw what happened last year. That was a team that just fell apart honestly felt like they kind of quit on the season midway through conference play, had a little bit of life at the Big Ten tournament, and now here they are with a lot of the key pieces from last year's team back, looking like a totally new program. Jeff, are you buying the Buckeyes as a top-four team in the Big Ten? Yeah, it's too bad for uh, Chris that, you know, Buckeyes fans are so hell-bent on, on trying to fire uh, Ryan Day that they probably don't even notice that uh, their basketball team is 12-2 and two right now. Uh, but Holtman's done a great job. And again, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier tonight. Uh, Bruce Thornton's the guy that, that stirs the drink here. Uh, he's a great leader. Uh, he's a guy that has unbelievable work ethic. You know what you're going to get out of him, and there's nothing more important than that if you're a head coach, right? Knowing what you're going to get out of your point guard every single night. And I think everybody else has kind of fallen in line with that. Roddy Gale was not great uh, in the first half tonight, uh, but – they have other guys now. You know, Jamison Battle was really good tonight. So there's a little yes. bit more of a margin for error. Uh, you know, Okpara gives them, I think, what they've needed for a couple years. You know, Zeg Key was, and he's a different player now, obviously. He's like half the size. But Okpara gives him a rim protector. It gives him that long athletic big that they had been lacking for a couple of years. And now they've got enough offense around Okpara. Um, but Thornton's been the key. He's been the key, period. It's been great. 
RC, what'd you see? I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. I, I mean, oh, man, I, I mean, Chris is, you know, they, they, they tried to run him out of here. We were up here defending him last year, thinking like, hey, they, you know, this wasn't the typical Ohio State year. They're, you know, I, I never understood where all the expectations from where they were trying to run him out. So uh, he's a hell of a coach. I'm glad they gotten off to a good start. Let's hope they can keep it up in, in conference play. Uh, good win tonight. My question to you guys is: Am I missing something? What's going on with the mark? I mean, what is I, I, like like he's just been MIA. Is it is it the guard play? Is it the same? Like what what are we, what's, what's going on with him and his numbers and his opportunities and records? He just doesn't. It just seems like there's something missing with him. I don't know. He's not getting the ball. They're not prioritizing it. To, I mean, getting him the ball and. For a guy coming in with so much accolades, I mean, Rutgers needs to get him more involved if, if they're going to even be a factor in the in the Big Ten. They're not a factor. Jeff, any thoughts? They're just – they're not a factor. They'll be a factor next year, uh, but they are yeah. not a factor this year because they don't have enough around Cliff right now. Guard play is is suspect. They lost good veteran guards, uh, program guys, culture guys, uh, guys to sacrifice. They're just not good enough right now. They're not. The one thing I would say on Rutgers, you're spot on. The guy they need to answer that call in the backcourt is 100% Derek Simpson. And I thought he did tonight, which is why they were in a one-possession game on the road with a team people think is top four in the Big Ten, right? Like, he is capable for a random night once every three weeks of doing what he did tonight. 23 points, 9 of 16 from the floor. He has not done that consistently enough this season. He's not even averaging double figures, and he has to be that answer offensively for Steve Peichel. So we'll see if he can continue to develop over the course of the season. Maybe he gets there by the end of conference. Greg, play, where, Greg, where are you on Ohio run. State? Where, where are you in Ohio State? Are you, are you, do you feel like they're a lock tournament team? I do. Or do you feel like you could, it could still slip away quickly in this Big Ten where there's not a lot of separation? I think because of the guard play, I think, I think they'll be there. Yeah, Roddy Gale's the name we haven't said enough of for my liking, and Bruce Thornton's been awesome. That's not a shot at him. Uh, the front court, like you mentioned, Akpar and Key give them different looks. I, I just love the way this team meshes together. Gale has been like a do-it-all guy. He can lead them in scoring. He can lead them in assists some nights. He guards. Um, I, I think the thing we need to not forget about Holtman is, like, no matter how bad last season went, there's never been a doubt that this guy can coach, like – He's always had competitive teams. He retained the pieces he should have retained. Jameson Battle is one of the quietest transfer ads that anybody had in the country. I mean, that was a fringe All-Big Ten guy a couple of years ago, and he just flips to Ohio State, and now he's doing what he did tonight as a third, fourth option, no less. Like, there's not many better third or fourth options offensively, I would say, in the country than Jameson Battle, let alone in the Big Ten. So I do. I think they're, they're a lock NCAA tournament team at this point. Uh, part of that is how weak the rest of this conference is. Like, I don't think Ohio State's going to have trouble winning games, getting to 12, 13 wins in conference play. But there is clear separation behind a team like Illinois, even without Terrence Shannon for me, uh, as far as high ceiling and what this team could do once they get to the NCAA tournament. There's one other game from this conference that I want to talk to you guys about tonight. That was Indiana on the road at Nebraska. Look, I got the Cornhuskers quarter zip tonight. I don't get to wear this often, gentlemen. So when they get a 20-point home win, that's when I'm flipping it on. Uh, Jeff, man, Indiana has work to do. Read it. Read read, read the, the words right there. Read the words. That's what Indiana is right now to some degree. I, I don't want to be that cruel. But this is a team that barely beats uh, all the low majors. And now you got to go on the road. Now they they beat Maryland and Michigan 
to start out the, the league play. So it looked like, okay, maybe this Indiana team, again, they just kind of revert back. They don't show a lot of life. They can't make threes. Again, I hate saying it, but it's kind of beating a dead horse here. They're, they're a poorly constructed basketball team. That's what they are. Their guards aren't good enough. Xavier Johnson was out for seven games. He came back tonight. He wasn't very good. Uh, you know, they're just – Galloway's okay. He's okay. Cups is okay. Like, they're just not good enough, and they don't fit together well enough. Um, you're in the state of Indiana. Go get some damn shooters. Go get some shooters. Um, and Woodson, you know, post game tonight said the two guards stunk. Like, how about taking some accountability yourself here? You're the one who's the coach. These are kids. I know you've coached in the NBA, but like, take some accountability yourself and, and, and put some blame on, on yourself and how you put together this team and figure it out and go on the road and beat a Nebraska team that, frankly, you should be beating. You're Indiana. You're Indiana. I didn't hear a lie. RC. I, I'll say this. I, I don't know if there's anybody fun, more fun to watch than, than Kisei Tomonaga when he gets it going. Like, he's <laughs> yes. fun as hell to watch. And and Hoiberg, and that team is I, – I didn't see this coming. I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I don't know if – how. I'm cheering that they get it on. I know Hoiberg very well, and I'm, I'm cheering for him personally to – to keep this going, but I, I didn't see this type of just this type of season going right now. Uh, it, it's, you know, I know Jeff, you're not big on Indiana, but conference wins the conference wins right now. They're two and one in the league, and yeah, and they 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 they're they're a solid team. They're playing well. They're playing together. They're playing well, and and we know he did well in Hoiberg. the portal too. Tomin I is he great. Did. He did, but Bryce Williams from Charlotte was great, and Rink Mass from Bradley, really good. who's still getting Bryce back from the injury. Those two guys were huge portal additions. And now having yeah. Welcher now go to the bench, he comes off. CJ Welcher comes off your bench now. That they're they're a legit team that you didn't expect much from. My my question to you, Jeff, is we talk about NIL schools and opportunities now, and I think people are surprised. I had this, somebody call me with this today, and I'm asking you this because we're talking about Nebraska. Someone was asking me about another school, and I'm like, you guys on the outside sometimes assume that everybody just has. NIL money and some of the schools that we've accustomed to having being successful in the past has NIL money. And I'm like, some of these small college towns have probably more NIL money than some of the bigger schools that you think they'll have. And so my question to you, is it like Nebraska? Do you think Nebraska has a big NIL following outside of football that they can get some money Hell into yeah. basketball? Hell yeah. No, Nebraska is yeah. one of those teams. Hoiberg uh, can kill it here because they don't have a recruiting base in Nebraska, and now it doesn't right. matter because you're going right. through the portal, and it's all about NIL. Now they're going to have to overpay for some of these guys or, or get the right guys. And, and the facilities are nice. They're it's great. A nice setup, and too. the fans are yeah. unbelievable. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, rapid fire, Jeff. Is there any truth to the idea that getting Ware and Johnson back actually hurt Indiana tonight? <laughs> No, you, listen, you're not winning without Xavier Johnson. You got to shake the rust off him and see what he can bring because you got to have a shooter out there, period. You got to have a shooter. Like you don't have shooters. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I would just poke that you're not winning with him much right now. Right, we'll see what happens. Uh, coming up, we're going to play Factor Fiction here on the Field of 68 Afternoon. 
What's going on, guys? Before we get back to the show, I need to let you all know about the Field of 68 Daily, an all-encompassing college basketball newsletter that arrives in your inbox, you guessed it, daily. For less than a dollar a week, you'll wake up every morning to more than 1,500 words detailing everything that you need to know to stay up to date on the world of college basketball. From the notable mid-major upsets to the stars that are out injured to the breakout performances that only our team of college basketball junkies watched. The Daily is edited and produced by Mike Miller, who spent more than two decades running NBC's digital written content and is subscribed by more than half of the Division One coaching staffs, the biggest names in college basketball media, and the agents that work as power brokers in the sport. For just $50 for the year, you get access to the same information that the insiders get. And before we get you back to your regularly scheduled Field of 68 content, let me tell you guys about the Field of 68 merch store. Head over to fieldof68.shop for officially branded Field of 68 apparel. Whether you're supporting your favorite team in the student section or from the couch, there is no better way to gear up and the latest from the Field of 68. The best thing I can say about our merch is the quality of the product. Anyone that has ever worn a t-shirt knows how frustrating it is when the neck gets all stretched out and the bottom of the shirt starts looking like the bottom of bell-bottom jeans. And there's nothing worse than a hoodie that loses its snugness that makes it such a perfect way to stay warm during the cold winter weather. Whether you're shopping for yourself or for the college basketball fan in your life, everything you need is at the Field of 68.shop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The fourth quarter here on the Wednesday night edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. I got R.C. Randolph Childress here. I got Jeff Goodman here as well. My name is Greg Waddell, and it's my favorite time in the show. It's time for a stupid little game of fact or fiction. I've got some prompts here for the boys. I'm going to deliver the prompts as simply as I can. They're going to tell me if what I say is a fact or if it is fiction. We will start in my beautiful, miserable conference, the Big Ten. The Illinois Fighting Illini can win the Big Ten Conference in the regular season. RC, is that fact or is it fiction? It's fiction. Like, like it, it, it's, listen, they're well coached, they're tough as hell, and this is a good team. But they're not going to be able to overcome losing a first-team All-American, and and I, I think, like I said, and I said this early, and everyone reacted as if I'm like they're gonna they're not gonna win a freaking game. They, they remind me now of if Bryce Hopkins is injured with Providence, it's similar thing. Missing that elite guy is a difference in finishing in the middle of the pack. It's it, it, it's just a big wave of where to go. I thought Illinois were going to finish right behind Purdue. 
would turn Shannon there hands down. Now I don't believe that. Now I think they fall to fifth, sixth in a league. They're, they're, they're going to be a good team, but I don't believe that they can sustain this all, all year long. I, I just don't without him. He meant too much to that team. Um, they're well coached. They're tough as hell again, but I just think they'll fall back to the pack. Jeff, what do you think? This is all right. This is as fictitious as Rob Doster saying that I cannot throw a football forty yards. That's how fictitious. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to elaborate now because we know the football thing is just why. <laughs> you i'm gonna so. do it in 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 scottsdale we're gonna go to a, a yes. football field and i'm gonna throw it 40 yards i'm gonna throw it i might even throw a 50 by then i might hold even on, throw hold on, 50. Now, are, are you getting a running start or you just stand whatever i gotta do listen whatever i gotta i'm not gonna i'm not gonna run 10 yards but i'm gonna i'm gonna get my body into it i'm not gonna like go from a complete standstill without getting my legs into it I'm gonna have to make a phone call to our friends at MGM, 50, Jeff. I have a couple yards? of props in mind here. No, yeah, I said they, I can they, do 45. I can do 45 today. I think by then, I got some kids out here in Charleston that throw the football around every day. I'm gonna have to get out there with them. They, they literally do. They throw it outside. Some college kids. I'm gonna have to get out there with them. I think if I throw every day, I can get to from 45 to 50. I do. I do. Listen, the, the, the over-under with our fine friends at MGM has to be like 25 and a half right now, and, and I will strongly lean the under. Uh, I would also love to throw out over-under three and a half attempts before you throw your shoulder out. Uh, that's that a happen. hard hammer on that the under have. for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not hey, Jeff, I'm put, uh, hey, Greg, I'm putting <laughs> in on it, Greg. I want some of that back, hey, Greg. There we go. There we go. Uh, you know what, fellas? I'll do it. If neither one of you will do it, I'll do it. I'll put my own bet on Illinois to win the Big Ten. I think you guys are completely downplaying this. I think you're completely downplaying this, Jeff. I think you're completely downplaying this. Hear me out on this. 100 points per game in the two games without Terrence Shannon Jr. Just a fact, okay? Going back further, first in offensive efficiency since December 1st. That's an entire month. They've looked great for a long time. We've seen guys on this team play great with and without Terrence Shannon now. We saw Marcus Damask go for 30 against Tennessee. We saw him go for 36-5 and five last night. He looks like a totally different guy, an alpha-type guy on the wing. Quincy Garrier's five straight games with serious double-figure scoring games. Coleman Hawkins is finally healthy. This team is unselfish. They're old. They defend. They're, they, I mean, they share the ball as good as anybody in this league. I think this game on Friday night is going to be a lot closer than Purdue fans want to admit right now. And that's without Terrence Shannon. And look, I'm not here to prognosticate whether or not Terrence Shannon's going to return. I don't know. But even without him, don't write this team off is all I'm telling you. Whether you're a Big Ten fan or you're not, this is the second best team at worst in the Big Ten even without their superstar. Stop it. I'm Stop writing it. them off. Right now, Stop it. I'm actually writing Stop Illinois this. off. I'm, I'm literally writing Illinois off. There you go. Mistake. They've Greg, been written you don't off. Believe telling Simple as They've that. It's a mistake. Officially I, do, written I do believe that. I really do believe that. Uh, I'll, I'll be waiting, gentlemen. How many gummies, I'll, I'll turn How many gummies did you take tonight to believe that? How many? Well... 
no comment. Greg, if but- this happens, <laughs> if this happens when we get to Phoenix, you just pick what you want. It's on me, dude. Like if this happens, okay. then you right. I, everything. Where you go at, in my mind to pick to pick this and this happens. RC no will get the RC will get the dinner. I'll get the drinks. Yes, you will not no, pay all for night. A and I'm talking five star restaurant dinner. Like no, we no drive through. We sitting down. All on me, <laughs> Jeff, no doubt. Jeff, Jeff knows that's a generous offer. He's seen me drink a couple of nights out of the Final Four now. I, I'll, I'll take that while I can, gentlemen. Uh, okay, I have two more here for our Fact or Fiction game. Uh, so there's a team that is top five in everything analytics-wise right now. Second in the net, third in Kempom, fifth in Torvik. I had to, like, actually go get some glasses and then clean my glasses and then put them on and look again earlier today. But it's true. It's BYU. BYU's had a great start to the season, but are they actually worthy of the top five in the country praise that all of the metrics have them as? Jeff, is that a fact or is it fiction? That is complete fiction. Uh, I'm not sure they're worthy of a top five um, ranking in the Big 12. And that's fair. Like, that's legitimate. That's not just propaganda. That's completely legitimate. They... They've gotten off to a great start, and I'm happy for Mark Pope. They were terrible a year ago. I know RC claims Mark Pope as well because he was at Wake Forest for a year. Uh, I think a year as an assistant coach, maybe two. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think they could get eaten up by the Big 12. And, you know, when things are going well and there's not a lot of adversity, you're fine. But then when you start hitting a few games in the Big 12 and you get stomped or you lose a couple – how do you react to that? I just – I don't know if they're going to be able to withstand that. RC? This is one of the things about the net that drives coaches nuts, right? Because, you know, we use BYU as an example. This isn't an indictment on them. They have nothing to do with they're, – they're a good team, and they have nothing to do with being second in the metrics. But they're 12-1, and one, and 10 of their 12 wins of what would qualify as quad three and quad four wins. So I don't understand, like, like what's the qualifications? If that's the case, like who, who they didn't beat Purdue in, in freaking Arizona in those other two games. Like, I, I don't understand, you know, I think that's the problem that drives coaches nuts when it comes to the metrics and this stuff right here, determining what quad one wins are, quad two and so on and so forth, because teams get tournament bids by this and them being this high automatically, whether they, whether they fall that eventually come back to earth or not what it does to the big 12 it just elevates everyone else's resume and i think that's throughout when we talk about acc and you know the big 10 and all these other schools that's just the thing that's maddening to them because you're going to sit there and look at that metric and go wait a minute you know i i don't they don't it doesn't make sense to them and no one understands it i want to give byu a little credit just they don't play with their food like they, they don't win close games. And that's why they are so highly rated by all of these sources, right? They blow out teams they should blow out. Not every team in the country can say that. I think the San Diego State win will hold up well, but I agree. This is fiction. They're not a top five team in the country. They're not a top 10 team in the country. Uh, I would listen to an argument that they're 11 to 15. I think they're better than you said, Jeff. Five teams in the Big 12 you'd take over BYU, really? Can we name those five? Absolutely. Kansas, Houston, uh, Baylor. Um, that's it gets three. dicey after that. It gets dicey after that. Maybe Oklahoma would be four for me, and then jury's out still on Texas. I'm I'm not sold on Texas, but 
I'd probably, if you put gun to my head and you said like those two teams are going to play 10 times, who are you taking? I'll probably take the Longhorns. Okay. They got Cincy, UCF, and then Baylor in their next three. Circle that Baylor game and we'll come back and have a BYU conversation. My final fact or fiction for you guys. <laughs> fact or fiction, Colorado can win the Pac-12 conference. It's Colorado at Arizona tomorrow night. Huge game. Colorado's got to get healthy. They've been missing key guys for the last few weeks. But they got talent, RC. Is it a fact or a fiction that Colorado could win this conference? Um. No, but if anyone outside of Arizona could win it, it's them. I, I think Arizona is the best team in that league. Uh, I know they 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 kind of crapped the bed here right around the break, Christmas break. And there's some things I do think in the backcourt-wise, you know, from a consistent standpoint, they got to do. But when this Colorado team gets healthy and Arizona comes out and, and Jeff's alma mater doesn't come out and, and, and take the rest of that conference seriously, this, this team could – could give them a run for their money and I think could could upset them. I mean, you know, um I just want to see what Colorado can be nationally when they're healthy. This is a well-coached team, damn good team, and let's see what their roster looks like when they get everybody back. Goodman? Fact. Fact. Ooh. KJ Simpson playing like an all-American. De Silva's yeah. a veteran who kind of knows what he does well and buys into it. Cody Williams, I'm not sure he's gonna play tomorrow night. Uh Tad Boyle told me it's still kind of a game day decision, uh, but he's coming. He's been better than I thought when, he'd be because when they get him work. back, then we'll see. We'll see what their ceiling is. I, I just want to get him back and see what their ceiling is when they get him back. That, that's the only thing that I'm 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 hesitant on because I just don't know. But I, I know what he can bring. Let's see what what they look like when he gets back. All right, I get to play tiebreaker. Jeff says fact. Arthur says fiction. Gentlemen, it's fiction. Come on. Arizona's still in this conference. That's an elite basketball team. Thanks for being with us tonight on the Field of 68 After Dark. We're going to be on stadium for our last call next. For RC, for Jeff, I'm Greg. We'll see you next time.